Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Do you feel like you're stuck in a dinner rut? With HelloFresh, you get fresh pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip all those trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. You can now get in, you can now enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less. With over 25 recipes to choose from each week, there's something for everyone to enjoy. All the recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. These don't seem simple in terms of like how good they sound. They sound so good, but apparently they're really easy to make. Huh. Hello Fresh Box is easy to make. Uh, you got things like fig glazed halloumi bowl. I don't even Ooh. know what that is. Halloumi is cheese. Oh. I only learned that from a HelloFresh box. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, you got some Southwestern beef bowls with lime aioli. Or maybe you want a little sandwich, maybe a little Mediterranean falafel sandwich with tzatziki. Oh. Yeah. It's all sounding good, eh? Oh, you're killing me here. That south, give me, Run that Southwestern beef bowl back. Run it back. Yeah. Little Southwestern beef bowls with lime aioli. Oh, my. With the lime aioli. Oh. We have That's to stop doing this ad to start the episodes because they just make me hungry as we start the episode. That's too bad. I love HelloFresh. Keep telling the people. If you want some HelloFresh for yourself, go to the link in our show notes to get $80 off, including free shipping on HelloFresh, the number one meal kit. Welcome to Crossbody of Work. My name is Evan. I am Javier. TM Punk Part 2. Electric Boogadoo. That's right. In the interim, we have now seen CM Punk return to action. We have seen his first match in seven years. It was cool to see him wrestle again. It just made me happy. We kind of just have to talk about it. I know we're going to cover it. We are covering it next week. Spoiler alert. We're covering the match next the, week. The match next week, yes. But I feel like we need to talk about the pay-per-view. The pay-per-view as a whole? Yeah. Where we collectively marked the fuck out? We fucking went crazy. Holy shit. You can I, see our actual live reactions on Twitter. Yes. I just want to let the people know, like, I was I was very excited about this pay-per-view going in. So yep. excited that for the first time in my life, I purchased a pay-per-view. <laughs> pop that that bubble he burst I, it. I popped i yeah i spent what was it 50 bucks i think it was on it i let yeah. evan also use it so don't think i'm a selfish no he's uh, he's, a, he's a kind man so technically we both legitimately watched the uh all-out yeah. pay-per-view yeah you're and welcome tony khan you needed more money right it it was absolutely worth it literally everything on the card was knocked out of the park except for one thing which was the qt marshall uh, Paul White match, which lasted the entire segment, probably lasted five minutes. So yeah, but you know, it, it's always good to see tall Paul. <laughs> I was watching that match on mute. Were they referring to him as tall Paul? I genuinely don't know. I was so I don't know if I told you this or not, but 
or if you read it in my article. Also, I wrote an article this week. You did, fullpresswrestling.com. Came out of retirement for one night only. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I, I legitimately went to go brush my teeth during that match. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, it's before the main event. I probably have enough time to brush and floss. So probably good, brush man. And yeah. floss. I knew what was going to happen. I didn't need to worry about it. The pay-per-view was excellent. CM Punk's return was great. Um, we'll talk about it more in depth next week. Uh, it was weird to see him in long pants. Yeah. But I think I'll get used to it if that's something that continues. I'll tell you, something I do appreciate is the fact that CM Punk, his body legitimately always looks the same. Yeah, very little uh, deviation there. He's like, looked the same since 02. He's, he's just... He's not skinny fat, but he looks skinny fat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's just looked skinny fat since he's 2002. Yeah. 20 years. Um, the Adam Cole debut. Actually, let's start with the Ruby Soho debut. Great. Excellent. Did not uh, think that she would win the match. Thrilled she did. The worst secret was that Joker. <laughs> yes. Spot. Everyone knew it was going to be Ruby Soho. I, as you know, you personally know, uh, predicted everything wrong about that. Battle Royale. Literally everything. Yeah. I, I, yeah, you did. I was like, oh, it's going to be Sheeta, not Sheeta. I was so excited when I saw Riho because I didn't know she was in the match. She lasted like two minutes. Two seconds, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, then it's got to be Anna Jay. She just made a return. All these people are gone. Anna Jay was out nope. before Tainara Conte, I'm pretty sure. And then it was like uh, the, the, the final two were Thunder Rosa and Ruby Soho. And I was like, oh, it's going to be Thunder Rosa. Nope. <laughs> Nope, Ruby Zoho wins. Thrilled that she's there. Um, AW now has so much time between all their shows that I really hope that we get more women's segments that aren't title related. Yeah, I mean, so uh, there, are, there are definitely feuds brewing that are non title related. Um, you know, uh, Anna and Tay versus Penelope and Bad, and not Bad Bunny, the Bunny. <laughs> Bad Bunny yeah. should show up too. That'd be fucking amazing. Um, what I love is how much they're building up Rampage. They're really making Rampage seem like a very important show. Obviously, this Friday, mm-hmm. you know, due to circumstances, the main event's going to be Pac and Andrade. Uh, they, you know, they've been putting some really cool matches on on that show, and it seems like that'll be more of a legitimate outlet to also get more female performers on because Dynamite. For as much as you know, Dynamite is consistently at least pretty decent uh, on a week to week basis. Yeah. It is still just two hours. And it's so hard to fit, you know, all these tag teams, all these singles males competitors, and also all these like tag team female and singles female competitors as well onto a two hour show. Isn't it funny how on a two hour AEW show we're like, oh wow, there's so many wrestlers that I wanted to see that I didn't get to see. That's such a shame. Meanwhile, on a three-hour Raw, we're like, holy fucking shit. How many segments do we get of these guys? Yeah. There's like, because there's nobody I want to see. Yeah. And, you know, I'm and really. People I want to see aren't on. Where the fucking Angel Garza been? Forever. Yeah. I mean, fuck. It's not like AEW aren't trying. Like, I don't get the the thing where they're like, oh, they're just not doing anything with any of their female performers. Did anyone watch the Big Swole Diamante match from Dark this week? Mm-hmm. It was fucking excellent. That is a blood feud. Yeah, you didn't know about it until the Casino Battle Royale, if you haven't been paying attention to that stuff. But, like, fuck, it was really good. It was a really good feud and had a really good match. Um, and Swole knocked the fuck out of Diamante. Yeah, I, like, it is weird to just be like, yeah, we're kind of becoming AW marks, but 
it's been consistently good. Yeah, it's, it's easy to become a mark when things are good. Yeah, and I'll be honest, throughout the pandemic, I wrote it in that article. I, you know, started to become a little bit more of a, a dis, you know, unattached fan to, mm, to wrestling. It really started to slip a little bit in my fandom because fuck, there was nothing really going on, and that's for both companies. It's not just mm. it's not just WWE that was really letting me down. AEW for a stretch there wasn't great. All companies, you know, I was kind of bored with things I was seeing come out of Impact. I was kind of like, you know, it it wasn't just one company, but AEW is like on the right track now for sure. Yeah, Uh, that pay per view was the ultimate launching pad to the point where I watched fucking Dynamite this week, and I will watch it next week. And I don't do that. I'm gonna watch Rampage. Like, I am now invested into watching the weekly product. Yeah, because they gave me reason to invest. Yeah, they gave me something that made me want to watch this stuff now. Adam Cole debuted at the end of the pay-per-view, and I did not think he was actually coming. And then a story comes out about what WWE offered Adam Cole on the main roster. Javier, if people are unaware, tell them what they were going to run with with Adam Cole on the main roster in WWE. So, Evan, I'm not sure if you remembered, but do you remember uh, when now wwe champion bobby lashley was paired with leo rush i did because it was excellent yeah that uh he was offered that (laughs) except he wasn't bobby lashley he was leo rush and it wasn't with bobby lashley it was with keith lee it was with heel keith lee which i don't like the idea isn't a heel yet (laughs) oh my god no wonder he left no one is also a good talker yeah so Adam Cole is there. He's back with the elite. It was a wonderful swerve because they thought he was going to come out and you know challenge Kenny Omega. But no, they're all boys. They're friends. Yeah, instead he kicked the fucking head off of Jungle Boy. Poor Jungle Boy. That's okay. He's Anna Jada. Tend to his wounds. He'll be fine. Uh, and then, as Kenny Omega tried to bid us adieu, uh, we got Brian Danielson. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what was the most surprising part of this pay-per-view. You know, I, I don't think it was... Adam Cole. It wasn't even Brian Danielson. It wasn't Ruby Soho. I think it was the, the fucking 808's version of Flight of the Valkyrie. What the fuck is that? I have grown to like it. I don't hate it. Like, I honestly, I, don't, I, I like it more than I dislike it. But the issue is just fucking use Final Countdown. What is it? What could they not get? They, they got Wild Thing, but they couldn't get freaking Final Countdown. Final Countdown was priced out of even Tony Khan's range. I call it was that expensive. Daniel Bryan should have put some bags down. Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson, because he is back to being the American dra- Dragon. Yes, Brian Danielson, which is on his like little uh, yeah thing, AEW roster card. Yeah, yeah the the fucking signs the that plate. pop up during yeah. entrances on the screen. I don't know. What so are. Brian Danielson is here. The thing that surprised me was the double debut at the end of the ep- of end yeah. of pay per view. Once Adam Cole debuted, I was like, wow, what a cool way to end it. This was a great pay-per-view. And yeah, then, they're, they're saving Brian for a different time. And then f- the fucking beginnings of Danielson's music hit, and I lost my mind. We lost our shit. We both <laughs> lost our shit. And that's why, for the first like 10 minutes of this episode, we've been talking about current wrestling. We don't ever talk about current wrestling. We will next week. We will next week when we because, talk about Punk's match. Yeah. But this episode is CM Punk part two. We're looking at part of his career in WWE. I'm going to get all the boring stuff out of the way first. Wherever you're listening, be sure to rate and subscribe. Give us five stars or subscribe to future episodes so you never miss anything. 
keep pumping us up on the charts. We want to climb those charts. We're trying to climb things. Remember, uh, we just want to get to 50. Climb the ladder, kids. Make yourselves famous. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Crossbody of Work. And as always, the merch table is open, fullpressshop.com. If you want to check out wrestling news, we got lots of wrestling articles and content on fullpresswrestling.com or on Twitter at FPC underscore wrestling. Things are good. After uh, this episode is being recorded before it happens, so I can't get the plug for you to watch it. I hope you did watch it. But when this airs, uh, eventually you'll be able to go find Trivamania 13, put on by the boys at Talkamania. Your boy is a contestant going for the Trivamania Championship. Uh, I hope I win it. I feel like I'm a very white meat baby face. I definitely face. hope you win it. I'm a white meat baby face coming in. Like, oh shucks, I'm just happy to be here. Uh, so I'm going to get booed mercilessly like Kurt Angle in 98. I'll tell you right now, I am praying that you win this thing. Because you want to turn heel on me so I am going to put your ass through that barbershop window so quickly. You're going to hit no me with, with the Thumbtack Air Force Ones. I fucking know it. I do not have the facilities to purchase the Travis Scott Air, uh, Air Jordan Ones, no. Yeah. Well. The fragments are, are, are a bit out of my budget. Catch me on Trivimania 13 wherever, whenever it comes out. Uh, also, just follow the Talk Mania Boys and all the other Full Press podcasts. They're great. Um, anyways, let's start with match number one, CM Punk. When we last left off, he had become ECW champion. He would lose the ECW championship in January of 08 to Chavo Guerrero. And the first match <laughs> you're looking at is right after that, WrestleMania 24. Are you laughing at Chavo Guerrero because he got whooped by Kane? No, I'm laughing at the fact that Chavo Guerrero was the one that beat CM Punk. I never knew that. Knew yeah, that. it's weird. We're looking at Money in the Bank, WrestleMania 24. So CM Punk competing in a field with Carlito, Chris Jericho, MVP, John Morrison, Shelton Benjamin, and Mr. Kennedy. You didn't do it which, right. You didn't do it right. You go ahead. Mr. Kennedy! Wait. Kennedy! If I was mean, I would edit out the gap between Kennedys for you, make you sound like a complete moron, but I won't do that because <laughs> I am a white meat baby's face. Uh, the weird thing about this lineup, this isn't, oh wait, it's been 13 years. Uh, every single one of these people has wrestled except for Mr. Kennedy in the last like 12 months. Well, Kennedy's with the NWA, no? Is he still doing it with the NWA? I don't know. I don't. I haven't watched. I haven't watched either. At least Mr. Anderson. I caught some of him power, which was cool as hell. Yeah, he was with the NWA as Mr. Anderson for okay, a while. Okay, so then, yeah, they're, they're all still wrestling. Then a pandemic happened, but then they're back, and I don't know if he's still there. So Punk is challenging for the Money in the Bank ladder match. Uh, I like this ladder match a lot. It is just a car crash, and it's a very fun and entertaining car crash. Yeah, it's fun. Um, I love seeing Jericho with the long pants and the short hair. Uh, yes. It was a very weird time. Uh, the match start, not starts with uh, a ladder fight, but everyone goes outside to get ladders. There's a ladder fight in the Except ring. Except for MVP. We learned MVP's that Jericho's ladder one. is stronger than MVP's ladder, but... John Morrison's ladder is stronger than Jericho's ladder. No. And then immediately we get weird Morrison shit. No, you did you did it completely wrong. This is not a test of strength with ladders. Uh, so MVP waited in the ring, right? Yeah. So Jericho was uh, went outside. So MVP, I don't know how, someone gave him a ladder. 
but it was a baby ladder. It was one of those yeah. smaller ladders, whereas Jericho had a regular size ladder. Yeah. So Jericho was able to hit MVP first because he did not have the baby carrot. He had the full carrot. Yeah, it's a dick measuring contest with ladders. Yes. And then Morrison picked up the ladder that MVP dropped and just chucked it at Jericho. Because a flying ladder beats a stationary ladder. Exactly. Uh, then we get John Morrison nonsense. Yeah, Morrison you t- grabs the baby ladder that you just rock Jericho with. Yep. Climbs the top rope, goes looks at the horde of people outside and just moonsaults to the outside with the now, ladder. If if he was a sane man, he would just chuck the ladder at them because that would have been funny. But instead he's like, I can do a flip. Watch me do a flip. Um this match has a lot of just crazy moments like this. Early on, Mr. Kennedy almost gets the briefcase. He's met up there by Morrison. Shelton's there on a second ladder. And we get a sunset flip plus superplex combo, which was nice. Very smooth for how difficult that probably was to pull off. Extremely smooth. Benjamin does the sunset flip to Kennedy, who suplexes Morrison. Yeah, it's. I think the most interesting part about like those Tower of Doom spots on ladders is just how cleanly they're able to get them off, considering no one's holding the ladder. Yeah, the ladder is somehow stable. And like I've held many ladders for my dad growing up. Like, shit's shaky as hell. I don't know where they get their ladders from. They get their special WWE ladders. Exactly. Yeah. I, I don't know. I they Although I feel like ladders that they have shake way more. Really? I, yeah, you see, you're talking about stability. I think they're unstable as fuck. Have you ever seen someone when they're at the top of that thing? That thing's wobbling like crazy. That's true. We see that in a later match that we're going to cover. And actually, the next match we're going to cover. Yes. We see that for sure. Uh, Sheldon Benjamin gets lots of time to shine because it is a ladder match, and that is what he does. Uh, uh, oh, funny joke that happened in my notes inadvertently. Uh, I, after that, the Tower of Doom spot, I wrote, Punk finally appears and climbs ladder, but Kennedy beats him off. Phrasing. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, Punk hits a GTS on Shelton. Yep. Kennedy does a mic check on Punk on a ladder that's in the corner. Yep. MVP tries taking out people, but misses his knockout kick, which for those who don't know what the knockout kick is, it's the Haluva kick. Yes. Uh, he misses it on Carlito, gets trapped in the corner. It looked kind of shitty, like the back of his knee was in a really uncomfortable position. But anyways, uh, Carlito takes out his le- his other leg that isn't trapped with a ladder, so he's just like writhing around in pain. Uh, I have a note here that says Shelton good. I don't remember what Shelton did, but Shelton good. Uh- was it when Shelton bounced on the ropes after taking uh after like getting pushed off the ladder by Morrison? Or was it when Shelton gets sent off the ladder through the bridging ladder by Carlito and Kennedy? And it looks it like he's broken one, in half. Because he got thrown from a ladder through another ladder, and I'm pretty sure that's a hate crime. <laughs> it's a crime and I hated it. <laughs> um I love it for a second because they after Carlito and Kennedy push him off the ladder, they pan back to Carlito and Kennedy's faces and they're kinda like, oh, Shit. Yeah, we fucked up because he bounced on the ladder. Like, all right, we should probably go back to wrestling now. Oh, yeah. Jericho, Kennedy, and Carlito start jockeying on ladders. Um, MVP tips them over. Uh, Jericho puts a walls of Jericho on top of a ladder. I don't know how that's more difficult. Like, I know it's more difficult. How does it hurt more? It's like I never understood when they're like, he's doing the the walls of Jericho. Who's do- he's doing the walls of Jericho on the announce table. It's like, who the fuck cares? It's a fun No, but surface. it's cool on the ladder because he's fucking bending the dude over the ladder. Yeah, he's basically yeah. using the ladder to push the guy. The ladder will hurt. Uh, is this when we get the backstabber off the ladder? 
And, um, yes, yes, Punk, uh, Punk and Carlito springboard jump onto a ladder. Uh, Punk and Kennedy get taken out, and then Carlito hits a hits a backstabber off the ladder to Jericho. MVP emerges and is reaching for the briefcase, and we get a surprise return. My favorite part of the match: Matt Hardy fucking comes out of nowhere. Uh, after what what they say it was six months, five months away. Yeah, five months gone. Hits a twist of fate on MVP off the ladder. This was the best rivalry. I fucking love that. It, it carried SmackDown for like a solid year. It was so good. I love that rivalry for the United States title, and it it, it was great. I'm very happy that this happened. Uh, Jericho hits everyone with ladder, and then pancakes <laughs> Carlito on one that looked vicious because it was a ladder that was opened in kind of like a weird V way intersecting yeah. another ladder, and Carlito like caught like an edge of it that looked nasty. Um, yeah, I don't remember what happened here, but I have a note that just says John Morrison died. Uh, he tried to go up a ladder that was being propped up by another ladder and got pushed off, crotched, and fell to the outside. Yeah, that man is dead. Um, <laughs> Jericho starts climbing the ladder. Carlito spits in his face, then gets rocked by Kennedy, um, who pushes Carlito off. Who gets and then so Kennedy then gets pushed off by Punk. Who then eats a cold breaker? Yep. Uh, and then sh- somehow it just like we're pretty close to the end. We are at the end. Yeah. So Jericho climbs up the ladder alone. Punk starts to stir. I don't know how he's able to no sell the the code breaker. Which so is the, that's the thing that freaked me out is because he literally just got a code breaker off of the ladder. Like Jericho was gingerly going up the ladder and shit. Yeah, but it wasn't like that much. It was probably like a minute in between. Who's the slowest ladder climber of all time? Dolph Ziggler. That is the correct answer. It is the only possible answer. <laughs> that man climbs a rung at an average rate of one rung that per thirty minutes. That boy turns it into a performance art piece. That man is on Broadway and he's winning all the Tonys. Uh, um, yeah. So Punks begins to stir. Meets Jericho up at the on the ladder. Yes. Uh, they start duking it out. They start duking it out. Uh, Jericho eventually does win out. Knocks Punk off the ladder, but Punk immediately recovers, grabs Jericho's leg, uh, pulls him through the rungs. So Jericho gets like tangled up on the ladder, climbs all the way to the top, grabs the briefcase. CM Punk is Mr. Money in the Bank. The first of two times he would win it. In a row. In a row. Very exciting. And showed a different uh, direction for Punk. He was being trusted to get off of the ECW brand and become a main eventer in the you know, Raw and SmackDowns of the world, which yes. is big because ECW and WWE didn't matter. Yeah. And his first one was on Edge, right? Yes. His first cash. One, yeah, it was on Edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're going to look ahead to SummerSlam 2009, a ladder match against Jeff Hardy for the World Heavyweight Championship, which is a result of his second cash in. Uh, he cashed in the second Money in the Bank at Extreme Rules, uh, taking the title from Hardy. Hardy won the title back at Night of Champions. And so this is kind of the the rubber match, the end all of this feud between these two. Yes. And this match is a great clash of styles, both in terms of like technical versus high flying and daredevil, but also it's not the, the rubber f- match though. I thought the, it- the final match between them was Hardy's last match. The cage oh match. yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So this isn't yeah. the rubber match. This is just the last of their like main, like this was the last pay-per-view match. Yeah. So, 
In terms of clash of styles, we all know CM Punk famously straight edge has been for a very, very long time. We all know Jeff Hardy's struggles with addiction issues and, and narcotics and things like that. It made for some very uncomfortable promo pieces. And some very funny promos from Samoa Joe a couple of years ago. Yes. Uh, you have to believe that Jeff Hardy recognizes the things in himself and is like, yeah, these things are cool. I also still genuinely feels believe so uncomfortable. Yeah, I also genuinely believe that Hardy will do anything for wrestling. It's like, oh, you want to take literally the worst things about my life and use them? Sure. Yeah, you can do that. It's like how, uh, who was it? Wasn't Matt? When they had it, when he had a feud with Matt, Matt like brought up how Jeff like let his dog die. And that's like the most traumatic thing that's ever happened to Jeff was that, uh, that house fire that he had where his dog died. Jesus Christ. Wrestling isn't real, but then it gets really real, really so real. The right people, it's we very will never forget up. the Reed Flair comment that Paige made. Oh my god! And then WWE was like, "We got to walk that back." It's like, no shit. Yeah, it was very, very not cool. It's not fun. People died. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on this match? Obviously, you've like seen this before. I am. Yeah. yeah. What are your thoughts on it? Uh, it's a fun match, you know. It's as far as you know TLC matches go. It's it's very entertaining. I, I thought that it was the right length of time. Mm-hmm. It was what was it? It was like just barely under twenty minutes, uh, with everything involved. I, I think I think TLC matches are fun when they are quick car crashes, like anywhere between like fifteen, maybe like eighteen minutes. Yeah. is is a preferable length that should be quick. You're hitting each other with fucking weapons and shit there you should not have the same stamina you normally do in a regular match yeah regular matches could go 20 plus minutes you know yeah. tlc and shit and like hardcore matches like that should be less than 20 oh i will say the fact that there were no hour-long matches this week thrilling to me <laughs> oh just you wait yeah i um, mean we got pretty close with the last one that's true that's true um Early on, Punk goes for the title early, gets knocked up the ladder. Hardy with a lot of aggression. I like that. I like when the baby faces get frustrated with heels. If you had a long feud, like you should not take any more shit. You should yeah. be pissed off. Especially considering how personal shit and got. And the things that CM Punk has said. Yes, that man does not give a fuck yeah. about anything. Uh, highlights, highlights for you from the match. I love the baby ladder reappearance here. Why, what is it with the baby ladder? Justice for baby ladders. Baby ladders keep popping up on these episodes, and I don't like it. Uh, it's because we need ladders that are my height. Yes. <laughs> but you need a ladder taller than that. You need more ladder than a normal ladder. You need to be able to carry the ladder. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but you will not be, like, you climb the, you're at the top of the ladder. You could be on the last fucking rung of that thing, standing straight up with no support, and you still wouldn't be able to reach the belt. No, but I'm trying to just have my own WLC moment. <laughs> Moving it's me. on. I'm El Torito. Jeff sets up a baby ladder. Punk kicks him out, uh, kicks him like out of it, and then tries for a GTS, but ends up just eating the baby ladder. Mm-hmm. Uh, crowd is chanting, we want tables, which I thought was interesting because there were no tables anywhere. It's well, a TLC there, match. There was a table on the outside. It wasn't set up. Yeah. But like, it's not like they're not giving you content like they're they're doing stuff with ladders like the fuck they'll fucking get to it all right yeah it's like bro we've got another 15 minutes left here also it's jeff hardy the dude loves ladders 
Yeah, like the table or the announced tape, some tape, some form of a table will be used eventually. It's happening. Just, we're, Jeff gotta, is going through a table. You it's just got to wait. Things, it's, it's like, are we there yet? It's like, we're not. I will turn this car around. Yes, let him get his chairs. Let him get his ladders in first. We will make these two have a fucking Greco-Roman wrestling match if you want. <laughs> and I guarantee you nobody wants to see that. Um, a lot of chairs early on here. I like when Punk tries to do the collar where he puts the chair around Hardy's Yeah, where he head. wraps a chair around his head. Hardy escapes. And then I like this, this spot a lot. Hardy tossed Punk into the steps, who leaps on top of the steps and then tries to turn around to get Jeff. And <laughs> Jeff just whips a chair at him. Yeah, just chucks it. Just fuck you. Get out of here with this. Jeff is... Jeff is, I will say, he did this mostly, like, a lot in his TNA run. He loves throwing chairs at people. It's because it's funny as hell. That man, I don't think anyone throws a chair at his opponent more than Jeff Hardy. It's a great fuck you move. It really is. Um, Punk eventually, co- uh, sorry, so right after the chair throw, I've lost my place because I accidentally clicked. Oh, Hardy goes for a splash to Punk through a table on the outside, and Punk dodges. Yeah, and so Hardy threw a table. The yes, fans but get guess who tables. is not allowed to to dodge? Who's not allowed to dodge? Yes, it's Jeff because he's already in the fucking air. It's true. <laughs> so he goes through the he table, goes right through the table. Um, Punk's little like giggle to himself after he moved is hilarious. That man is evil. He just is lying in the in the like rampway. And you just see him kind of smirk and laugh to himself and kind of look at Jeff like, <laughs> dumbass, you did exactly what I thought you were going to do. <laughs> I love heel CM Punk. It's so funny. He's so funny. He's so good. Sometimes unintentionally, but most of the time he very much knows what he's doing. Um, Punk grabs a ladder, starts smashing it down. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. Who? This was not exact. This is not where I wanted to be. We missed a part earlier here that was cool. So there was a chair, a chair set up in the middle of the ring. Jeff went for whisper in the wind. Mm. Was that the one? Is that the one where he just like throws himself into the corner? That is the one. Yeah, Punk catches him, fucking drops him on the on the uh, spine of a chair that's art like legitimately set up for you to sit in. Yeah, that looked awful. Then yeah, all the other stuff we talked. I mean, I sit in chairs wrong too, but like that's really wrong. I have this bad habit when it comes to sitting where like my lower body leans like it's never up against the back of the chair. I like mm-hmm. go halfway and then I kind of like slouch into chairs. It's terrible for my posture. My posture oh, yeah. is awful. Mine, mine too. As oh, you yes. say that, I'm like self-correcting my posture. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. I can't. So I'm mad. too tall. This is the problem. I have a very tall, my upper body, like torso up is like also tall. So it's like I have to like crouch down a lot. Oh, whoa, whoa is me. Ooh. A fuck off. <laughs> uh, we get a superplex on a ladder from uh, from Punk. Yeah, it looks he, like he got it worse because he caught like the side edge of the ladder, like right on his spine. And but I, was I will like, say he does a good job of not really selling it. Yeah, but on the inside, you just you know, tell he's like, fucking shit. I want to hurt. All right, cool. You're like, fuck. Uh, yeah. Twist of Fate by Jeff. Yeah, out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. <laughs> for like a, a, for a finisher. Like it's a finisher. And he's just like, oh yeah, I had that one stored. <laughs> like it's WWE. I, it's I, Raw I, I saw Smackdown. an article right before we started that 2K22 is going to bring in GM mode. Oh! And if it does, I will go out of my way to purchase that game, 
to figure out how to stream properly and we will do a GM mode. Me and for you? For the people. For the people. Can I be SmackDown? I call dibs on SmackDown. Of course you can be SmackDown. Let's I will go. make Rog better. Than I got two been. hours. Uh, Fuck. <laughs> anyways, Punk gets a running knee in the corner, grabs Jeff for the bulldog attempt, but Jeff just like sticks on him, doesn't let him go, turns him, and just hucks him out of the ring to a table that was already set up outside somehow. I do not know when this table was set up. Me neither, but it was a great, great spot. That was fucking hilarious. Also, Punk just casually goes to the table. That caused zero pain to that man. And also the, the camera shot, he just kind of like falls out of view and you just see that he's in a table. <laughs> yeah. Like it looked he, almost fake. And I'm like, I like, you could see, I don't know if they replayed it. I, I saw they it do. again. They did replay it. Yeah. You could see he's going feet first. So he went through the table feet first and it just, just like fell back. Really weird. Uh, um, Punk does get the chair collar. So we talked about it earlier, how he likes to do the chair collar bit. He does that to Hardy. Uh, Hardy escapes, tosses him to the steps, and then Jeff proceeds to uh, go crazy like a Karen in a supermarket who's been asked to wear a mask and just starts going ham with a chair on CM Punk's back. <laughs> wear your mask, people. Jeff just starts hitting Punk with everything. A chair. Yep. At one point, he grabs this like fucking weird, just a lot of weird shit. He just starts hitting Punk with everything. Um, Jeff puts Punk on the announce table, sets up one of those massive ladders that WWE has. The for ones that they keep just for Jeff. For literally no reason whatsoever. Just like, you guys got any of those like 20 foot ladders? They're like, and then, yeah, I guess. This is how you know shit's about to get real scary. Jeff takes a shirt off. Yeah, that shit's going down. It. I did see a comic once that said, you know, things get more intense whenever you take your shirt off, whether that is uh, fighting, loving, or pooping. And when Jeff Hardy takes his shirt off, you just, <laughs> wow. I just completely no-sold the pooping. That was a delayed <laughs> reaction. It's valuable to no-sell the pooping. That is so true. <laughs> that is so I am true. I in danger. I need to get this off right now. <laughs> <laughs> you start sweating and shit oh yeah <laughs> it's it's when it's when people like me go to go to places and think like mm, i can handle my spice no i could always handle the spice it's that's the why day i said after. people like me it's uh, the day after where the spice gets me so hardy gets to the top of the big ass ladder this boy loves his big ladder swanton bomb to punk through the announce table he connects yeah uh but somehow it's a stretcher job on jeff yeah and they both get up after it so it's a stretcher job for Jeff. Um, this is the part where I have concerns over the medical staff and and bias. Um, why are we helping Jeff out with the stretcher when Jeff was the one that put Punk that did the thing yeah. through the thing? Like Punk got the shitty part of it. The man landed on him. Yeah, but instead they both get up eventually. Uh, they're both at the ladder punk with kicks to the ribs uh, when they're on the ladder and punk pulls down the title. Like they just, it was like, we're going to do this big ladder spot on the outside. We're going to get you both to crawl out of your grave, get to the to the ring and then just fight on the ladder for the last spot. Yeah. My favorite part about this is like, so Jeff, I assume her, his ribs, that is what the stretcher job was for because Jeff crumbled when punk uh, kicked him in the ribs. Uh, and then he just decks him with the punch to knock him off, like you said. Grabs the title. But then the cool stuff happens. So yes, Jeff the is still stuff is very cool. Yeah, Jeff is still in the ring. Punk is a heel. He grabs the title that he just now won. 
Uh, while Jeff is is unconscious, uh, right on the mat, Punk stands over him. You know, starts gloating with the title, and then we hear a gong and the lights go out. Which can only mean one thing: the Undertaker. And then the lights come back on, and Jeff is no longer there. He is replaced with the Undertaker underneath Punk. Punk is like, "What the fuck?" Looks down, sees the Undertaker. Undertaker sits up, grabs him by the throat, hits the choke slam. Holy shit, CM Punk is going to lose that title, isn't he? The second I see Undertaker, I'm like, oh, yeah, you're going down, bud. And the reason why, so, yeah, CM Punk would lose the belt to Taker in a Hell in a Cell match, I believe it was. That sounds right. Um, Because Undertaker did not like how CM Punk presented himself as a champion outside of the ring because he never wore suits. He never, like looked professional respect the business it's like sir you wear have worn mascara since 1990 something all right <laughs> just settle down if you're gonna start calling pot shots yeah basically let's take our commercial when we get back we're looking at two more cm punk matches survivor 46 is here and so is on fire the only official survivor podcast and we have a twist this season the winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Back from the break, we are now looking at Straight Edge Society Punk, a group that I remember fondly, but should have had a better ending. Or a longer li- like lifespan. Yeah. This is great. I, I mean, I, we remember the Straight Edge Society. And like, at least for me, I always remember it, you know, like, like it was this long lasting thing. It really wasn't. It was a year. It was a year. If that, barely that, yeah. right? Yeah. I think I mean, it was ju- it, just over a year. Yeah. It felt like super fucking long. Like it was a multiple year span th- thing. But now, just a year. WWE always cops out in terms of cults. You got WWE yeah. does not give their full commitment to cults. They should be recruiting people. They didn't do it with the Wyatt family. All this shit. Yes. Oh, they got Daniel Bryan. That was never going to last. We knew that. Daniel Bryan was not long for the Wyatt family. We this is that. also true. I don't know. My thing that that's cool about the, uh, the Straight Edge Society, which is... Something I wrote down here is they're basically all part of AEW now. Yeah. It's the guy that jerks off on BTE, the former NWA women's champion, and the guy who just beat Darby Allen over the weekend. Yep. Um, I find it funny that Gallows is in Straight Edge Society, considering that when we've seen everything about Gallows in his real life, dude loves brewskis. Oh, big brewski. Big brewski boy. That man is all about the beer. So the match we're looking at is CM Punk versus Rey Mysterio Extreme Rules 2010. So the stipulation, uh, they had a match at WrestleMania where if Mysterio lost, he had to join Straight Edge Society, Mysterio won. 
The stipulation here was if Punk loses, he is shaved bald because he has his messiah hair, his nice long hair and his big bushy beard. While all of his straight society members, we've talked about Luke Gallows and Serena, have their heads shaved as a sign of devotion to purity. Cool culture. I mean, Serena, yes. Gallows, not sure how much of that was him showing devotion versus this is what it would be anyways. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you just got it. Sometimes you got to just admit defeat. (laughs) Yeah. I thankfully, by the looks of it, do not have to worry about that. When people were wondering, like, why won't Trump accept the election results? I'm like, the dude won't accept that he barely has fucking hair. You think he's going to accept that he lost an election? Yes, yes. Yeah. This is true. Oh, political commentary on the main pod. (laughs) Evan could say this. He's not even from America. That's true. I can just sit here in Canada and go, oh, what's going on over there, Ray? Exactly. I wouldn't. I mean, everyone knows my opinions on the topic. That's true. still. And I think most of our listeners share. And you know what? We like you guys. Shout out. Um, so I think the Australian Society could have been book- booked much better instead of being taken down by Big Show in the three-on-one situation. That was pretty much the end of the Australian Society. Bullshit. <laughs> this match, hard to pick individual spots I like. It was just a lot of quality wrestling. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, the match starts off with Punk just stomping Rey Mysterio. Yes, and this is Ray. Even like his knees have gotten worse since that. Since then, this is a decade progressively. Ago. But the dude still like even here still has so much spring in his step. It's crazy. Yeah, he's still really fast. He's still so fucking fast. <laughs> so fast. Um, I have a no here because the Dark Order are fighting. Um, I, I wrote that in all caps. You mean the 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 Straight Edge Society? No, the Dark Order. I was watching Dynamite while while oh, watching okay. this match. Yes. Added on in the background, and the Dark Order were fighting. We hate to see it. Hate to see it. Um, what a power slam counter by Punk! Oh my god, it's such a good catch power slam. It was really fucking cool. Um, Punk slides Rey Mysterio out of the ring through the bottom rope. You know how Rey does his yeah. little like dive, but uh, let's just say Punk just helped it out. Uh, the ref, Wee! <laughs> ref gets distracted. Uh, by Punk for some reason. He like stops Punk from going out of the ring after Ray. Did you yeah. notice that? Yes, it would have been one thing if Punk was distracting the ref, like by like getting his attention, but it was the ref who was like, No, Punk, don't go out there. Don't and do Sarita, it. And Sarita, who is outside, just kicks the shit out of Ray. A swift kick to the ribs. Uh I like the sunset flip attempt by Punk in the ring. Masura rolls through and just kicks Punk in the head, gets a two. Oh my god, what a kick. And this is the part where Monsieur literally just starts flying around the ring, and all I wrote was, I am so ready for the Rey Mysterio three-parter. Yeah. It's going to be just a month of watching the fastest fucking man alive. Like, literally so fast. There, yeah. there will never be, I don't think, anyone like Rey Mysterio. No. That man is so... Especially because his son ended up being tall. Just the greatest luchador of all time. I mean, it's... We, we've got a lot of people who are obviously very good high flyers. You know, your Ricochets, your Ray Phoenixes. Hell, we talked before the podcast about Dante Martin. I think that kid's got a lot of potential. He's 19. He's fast as fuck, boy. Uh, still fast as fuck, boy. You know, a little higher up the card, you've got your Jungle Boys, your Sammy Kavaras, those guys. But, like, no one's Ray Mysterio. Like, and just everything was so brand new. Like, he no was one's Ray Mysterio stuff to, to the Western world. Um. Serena interferes again. She trips up Mysterio when he's running the ropes. And that's enough for her and Gallows to get ejected. Hey, hey, 
Get out of here. Get out of here. You, you, use and use, get out of here. A uh, little down the line, Ray t- does a big spall slide to the back of Punk's head, then yep. hits an acai moonsault. Beautifully done. Love, love an acai. Uh, Ray like rebounds off the ropes uh, with a kick that Punk sold like he got knocked the fuck out on legitimately. Yep. Uh, for a near fall, uh, we get a seated senton uh, springboard dive from Ray here, which that man loves to do. Just goes to springboard and just land on people. Just sit. Just sit down. Um, we get a really cool spot. So so Ray goes for a springboard crossbody, and when he's coming off of it, Punk just catches him flush with a drop kick. Mm-hmm. Punk Beautiful. underrated drop kick. Gonna call it's it really cool. Uh, yeah. it, it's a very it's crisp looking, mm-hmm. but also like sloppy looking. If that makes sense, it's not like a technical, like a yeah. like an Orton Okada one. Like it's very like mechanical and technical looking, whereas Punk looks like the most indie person hitting a perfect drop. That's what kick. I was gonna say. It looks like he wasn't trained in like by a, by like prof- I mean, he was tra- trained by Ace Steel. We know this, but it's like he probably learned how to do it a certain way early on, and he's just so good at doing it that way that it doesn't matter to trying to make it look perfect. He just it's gonna be. It's going to connect beautifully every time. He just knows how to do it his way. He looks like he learned how to do it with Adam Sandler basketball shorts on and then never switched it up regardless of the sh- the pants that he was wearing. Put Adam Sandler on the cover of 2K23. <laughs> uh, Mysterio counters the GTS into a hurricane round for a two count. Punk misses a high knee and gets dropped into the 619 position. And it's very exciting because everyone, everyone and their mama loves the 619. They high-key... Uh, botched the the head scissors to the ropes because they, they were too close had to the to, ropes. Punk had to like correct himself and put himself on the second rope. Yeah, because he was legitimately a foot away from the ropes. Yeah, he had to g- correct himself. Uh, as we're going for the six one nine, someone emerges from under the ring. What were you doing under there, child? And slides a chair into the ring, so the ref gets distracted and then attacks Ray. Yes, reverse power bomb to the outside. Yes, uh, this is GTS. Punk wins. His hair survives. The person under the ring, of course. Well, we don't know who it is because we don't, we know don't who find out here. here but well, we, we know who there. it is because this was like twelve a, years a ago. Decade ago, uh, it's Joseph Mercury. Bum bum bum. One half of the greatest security force of all time, Eminem, or not Eminem, J and J. Wow. <laughs> Eminem. You know what's funny? Uh, so, so we get Joey Mercury here. He was a part of the Straight Edge Society, right? Who was the guy who beat CM Punk for the ROH Championship? Jamie Noble. I rest my case. It's it's the long con, I tell you. Uh, let's move to match number four. Also, because people are like, isn't doesn't CM Punk get his head shaved? Yes, they would have a third match with both stipulations. Either if Mysterio loses, he joins Straight Edge Society. If Punk loses, he gets shaved bald. He lost. He got shaved. The la- yes. next match we're going into, WrestleMania 27, and a match that I forgot existed entirely. I forgot this match existed. Until yeah, it was, my, it was me who suggested it. I was like, I don't remember Punk facing Orton at WrestleMania. Then I remember that this is when I was a Laps fan. So Yeah. Yeah. This is when so Punk was the leader of the New Nexus. The New Nexus had fucked up Randy Orton for a long time. They was cost him a WWE Championship match at the Royal Rumble against Miz. Yes, uh, 
Orton, uh, leading up to the match, Orton would one by one take out all the members of the new Nexus. So it would just be him and Punk. But yeah. I think it was like the week before WrestleMania, Punk like wrecked his knee with a crowbar or some shit. He lured Orton into the parking lot by using his by threatening his wife. And when he got to the parking lot, attacked his knee with a wrench. Yeah, same shit. CM Punk as a heel is a mean human being. He's like two things. So he's like diabolically evil like this, or he's like a really annoying person. Yes. And he's annoying usually because he's right. And it's so good. He's very good as a heel. Mm -hmm. Can't wait for AEW to turn him. How quickly? I thought it should have been immediate. Mm -hmm. I would have made it immediate personally, but I could see why they're making the love fest go. Yeah, I'm thinking by the end of the year. I just hope that uh, he gets squashed by Hook and that leads to the heel turn and he turns heel on fucking, I don't even know, Dante Martin. <laughs> I don't know. Just GTS is for everybody. Um, also, t- about the 2011 Royal Rumble, I love the first half of that Royal Rumble. I don't even remember. Who wins that one? Is that the big one? That's Del Dickhead. It's the 40 man. Ah. Yeah. Well, the first half of it is dominated by Punk and the new Nexus. And then they get squashed in the middle of it by C- or by John Cena. And then there's this weird bit where John Cena and Hornswoggle run everything. And it's just a weird fucking time. <laughs> oh, yeah. That rumble. That rumble. Kevin Nash comes out. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, this match so is yeah. fine. Orton looks like he tore his ACL like three months ago. Yeah. Orton looking like a Baltimore Ravens running back. Uh, R.I.P. Gus Bus and J.K. and J- well, J.K. tore his Achilles. Yeah, still leg injuries. And Marcus Peters ripped him as well. Apparently, so anyways, nice. Punk immediately goes for Orton's injured leg, but Orton fights him off. Yeah. We get some clothes. Li- uh, Orton clotheslines him out of the ring, a la Royal Rumble style. Uh, we we go to the outside. Orton tries Irish whipping Punk into the steps, and this was one of the coolest coolest spots of the match. Honestly, one of the coolest spots of the entire episode. Uh, so Orton tried to Irish whip Punk into the steel steps outside. Punk at the last minute leaps over the steps, gets to the other side, turns around, kicks the shit out of the steps right into Orton's injured knee. Yeah, I I really had no notes for the first like half of this match because it was just all i wrote was punk just keeps finding ways to hurt orton's leg yeah it's the whole enjoyed first it. half of the match it's good it's methodical i i enjoyed it i don't know this didn't feel very maybe it's because it's not in the moment but this didn't really feel wrestlemania it really didn't it was just punk just fucking up the legs um admittedly not a great wrestlemania no Orton at one point goes for an RKO. Punk hits like a beautiful turn kick to avoid it. Instead of just trying to escape the RKO, he just kicks uh, Punk in, or uh, he kicks Art- Orton in the head, which I thought yeah, was, it was great. A great roundhouse kick. And then we get more leg work because we get the figure four on the ring post, which. Ow. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> Owie. Ow, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Um, I think I think a really cool spot here. Uh, so there's a part where. Or it gets put in the tree of woe. I think it was before the figure four spot. Yes. But he gets put in a tree of woes and then Punk climbs to the top and just like stands on the knee. <laughs> and what Orton like gets like leans forward because his knee's getting stood on. He's like, get the fuck off me. And Punk is just like, 
aha, you've <laughs> fallen from my trap and just chest stomps him. Yeah. One of the only natural ways to get that chest stomp move set up. Uh, looking at you, Del Rio, and the fact you'd always try to fucking make it happen. Uh, this match also showed me. So Punk uh, signaled for the GTS, which is obviously just him putting his hands up against his head in a sleeping motion. What a great taunt. You ever tried to sleep like that? It's not comfortable. No, I have a pillow. But like, no, I mean like still on your pillow. Like you put the hand between your face and the pillow. I don't know. What I do is like I'll do this, like the the wrist, yeah, on like the backwards wrist on your your head. It's always weird to figure out how people sleep. I had a friend in university who literally slept like he was in a coffin. We, I, had, he was at a house party, and he's like, "Can I just crash here?" And we're like, "Sure." And I see him, and he's like, "Oh yeah, like I'll sleep on the floor, no problem." And he's just on his back, like legs straight, arms oh. across his chest, and he's like, and he's out cold. Like that is the most no. psychotic thing I've ever seen. I I am not a back sleeper at all. No, I can't. I'm a stomach and side sleeper. Also, everyone's like, "Oh, like this is what this, the way you sleep t- says about you." I'm like, "What the way you sleep is however you're comfortable." Yeah, you weird over analytic people. I don't know. Like, if I ever break my leg, I'm fucked. I mean, for a multitude of reasons. Well, like, yeah, I can't walk and shit, but like, sleeping is just done. I'm not gonna be able to sleep for like three months. Yeah, but then they give you happy sleep meds. It, yes but i can't sleep straight i can't sleep on my back i just can't do it it's uncomfortable uh anyways we come back to the match here um i've i've officially forgotten where we are okay figure right figure four on the post uh yeah. so punk wraps orton's leg uh like on his i don't know how to describe what happened here so it was like he, he kind of just like tied up both of Wharton's legs on one of his own. It was really weird. Uh, and then just starts clubbing at the knees. <laughs> just beat the shit out of them. Yeah. Uh, Punk exposes Orton's knee. Um, Orton headbutts him to escape that hold. Orton gets a snap power slam, which, Evan, go ahead and mark out. It's so good. Yes. It's I know, just I know. so good. I know that's your favorite thing. Um, it's, it's the best move Orton does. And like I'm, I'm including the RKO. You're not wrong. It's clean every single time. It's so fucking good. Uh, we got a Thez press from Orton into a shit ton of punches. Back suplex for a near fall. Uh, Punk eventually regains control. A shit ton of kicks. And then he sweeps the leg fucking Danielson style. Yeah. Puts on an Anaconda device. Um, Orton eventually manages to get like some momentum going and roll towards the ropes. Uh, Orton viciously rams uh, Punk into the near into the ring post and then hits mm-hmm. a draping DDT. Orton wants the punt. He decides that that's what the movie's gonna go for is the punt. And as he's running, his leg gives out. Wow, people remembering to sell the right things. I know. And he sold the he sold the right leg. That's big. Sometimes people fucking sell the wrong leg. And I'm like, how do you forget that? It's very important. Um Orton tried to go for an RKO out of nowhere, but Punk managed to slip out of it. Uh because he is he is super flash reflex boy. But oh wait, speaking of super fast reflex, boys, Punk goes for a springboard clothesline, or it hits an RKO out of nowhere. One, two, three, the Viper wins. A match that is forgettable, but also probably one of the more prominent CM Punk matches he's ever gotten in terms of WrestleMania. Like, Orton is 
love him or hate him, he is one of the top guys in WWE. So to have a match with him at WrestleMania is is a big deal, even if Punk doesn't agree. But yeah, you know, I, I thought it was an okay match, a good story, fine. okay match. We are going to move to the best story and the best match. But first, we have to take a break. When we get back, we're looking at the pipe bomb. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back from the break, we're now looking at the Pipe Bomb promo. Uh, you've all heard it. We're not going to, you know, redo it. I, I can. I have the entire thing right here. I believe you. Um, all I can think of is there is a, a post from a long time ago on the Squared Circle subreddit of a guy saying that he did this promo as his monologue for drama class in high school. And he thought it was the coolest thing. And the entirety of Reddit just tore him apart for being a fucking nerd. <laughs> Everyone's like, this is the, like, that's the lamest thing you could have done. Bro, he's in drama club. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. I, I too was in drama and then I tried out for a musical and didn't get it because I had to work after school <laughs> and I was going to miss too many practices. Or, nice. Uh, rehearsals. That's the, that's the word. Anyways, set up to this. So Punk is still a part of the new Nexus. Mm-hmm. He's, he's got a little rivalry going with John Cena, who is the WWE champion. Uh, they are going. They, the whole thing is Punk wants a title match. He feels he deserves a title match. Uh, Cena is currently having a non-title tables match with R Truth. Yeah, which CM Punk interferes, allowing Truth to run Cena through a table to win the match. And Cena is now in the corner through a table. Punk grabs a mic, goes on the stage, sits down, and says, John Cena, while you lay there, hopefully as uncomfortable as you possibly can be, I want you to listen to me. Mm -hmm. And the rest is history. It's a great promo. It's excellent. It's legitimately one of the... It is, in my opinion, legitimately one of the three greatest promos in the history of professional wrestling. This uh, hard times and doesn't matter. <laughs> it just doesn't matter. The, those two are the top two. It, it's whatever. I mean, if I had to guess a third one, I would say either Austin 316 yeah. or like, I don't know. I'm sure Flair had a couple of good ones back in the day with a tear in my eye. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I won't say the entire thing. I won't put Evan through that, but I will uh, give extended 
dialogues because I'm so serious. I literally copied. Also, the reason I know this is one of the greatest promos of all time, it has a fucking genius page for it. It does, which is great. With like annotations, which is what I copied and pasted. So if I literally click on any of this dialogue here, I could go straight to the genius page that dissects it further. Punk was leaving. That's the big thing to remember here. Punk's contract was expiring. He had this WWE championship match against John Cena coming up and it expired in three weeks. And the whole thing was, I'm going to leave this this championship or leave this company with your championship. And before I do, I have things to say. And then proceeds to raise a lot of good points. Yeah, he says, I don't hate you, John. I don't even dislike you. I do like you. I like you a hell of a lot more than I like most of the people in the back. But... I hate this idea that you're the best because you're not the best. I'm the best. I'm the best in the world. There's one thing you're better at than I am, and that's kissing Vince McMahon's ass. And that is a very good point. Vince likes people who tell him yes. That's why, yeah. and we talked about this later, the fact that John Laurinaitis is a glad-handing yes man. Sorry, glad-handing nonsensical yes man. Uh, and then it is later on, but it, it does tie into this. One of the best things he says is that he thinks that it's going to get better when Vince dies, but it's not because the company's going to go to his idiotic daughter and doofus son-in-law, which now we know there's no fucking way it's going to go to his doofus son-in-law. Yeah, because Vince doesn't like being told no. And Vince gave him NXT, which was putting on some of the best wrestling ever. They lost the Wednesday Night Wars to AEW, and now Vince is like, that's it. We're going back to the FCW days. Ugh. dickhead uh he says he he does i love the the i'm breaking the fourth wall and then the wave at the camera after yeah. he says Dwayne. Dwayne. also he says you're not as good as that you're you're as good as kissing vince's ass as hulk hogan was obligatory fuck hulk hogan fuck hulk hogan yep there we go um moving on uh punk says i've been the best since day one when i walked into this company he was one of the best yeah i'll give him that yeah but he was a rookie and shit like that. You know how it is. Yeah. Uh, and I've been vilified and hated since that day because Paul Heyman saw something in me that no one else wanted to admit. It's true. Being a Paul Heyman guy during that time period. A bad idea. Bad news for you. And I like uh, he says, I'm splitting just like Brock split, except now in retrospect, Brock keeps coming fucking back. <laughs> well, Brock came back, hadn't come back yet. Yes, was the true. thing. But then Brock keeps coming back and getting his paper. Yes. Brock knows how to get his cash. He comes in, he has a couple matches, he does some memeable shit, and then he goes back home with a big bag to Sable. That's his whole shtick. So who has the better man bun thing? Brock or Dan or Brian Danielson? Oh, Brian Danielson's is glorious. But Brock's looks cool. <laughs> does it look cool because it's Brock Lesnar though? Yes. yes. And I can't say anything about Brock in a negative way because he scares me. Yes, because he's a, a a mountain that has come to life and game, gained sentience. Exactly. Yeah. Then Punk says, I've grabbed so many of Vincent K. McMahon's brass rings that it's finally dawned on me that they're just that. They're completely imaginary. The only thing that's real is me and the fact that day in and day out for almost six years, I've proved to everyone in the world that I'm the best on this microphone in that ring even in commentary nobody can touch me cm punk is good at commentary he's yeah. great in that one uh that one yeah. raw where it was it's just really him sheamus and cena with triple h's referee yeah it was a, it, that was one of my favorite little like raws that i went and discovered after my my last fandom don't forget uh, about the diet coke i kept spilling it the other things he, he mentions new japan and ring of honor Ooh, 
the forbidden door was cracked open first by CM Punk. Yes, yes, yes. Um, uh, he talks shit about the crowd because remember, CM Punk is a heel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he talks about how he's not like promoted. He's not on the 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 uh, commemorative cups. He's not on Conan O'Brien. He's not on the signature. He's not on any of that. But he should be. Uh, and he says. And trust me, this isn't sour grapes, but the fact that Dwayne is in the main event of WrestleMania next year, and I'm not, makes me sick. He talks about how he's just a spoke in the wheel, which I think everybody agreed was true for a very long time. Like, wrestlers would leave, and WWE can always replace them. Right now, as we record this, is probably the most it's ever felt where the wheel is maybe coming off, because it feels like everybody wants to get out of Dodge of WWE. Except for Roman Reigns. We've, we, but we've seen people like it's no longer the, the be all end all before was I want to be a wrestler to make it to WWE. Now that's not the case. You just want to be a professional wrestler and certain, you know, all star guys, you know, Punk, Brian, Cole. Uh, Adam Cole is I like the, the case with Adam Cole is even more crazy because he's even when he was on the independence before coming to WWE, he was always like, yeah, my dream is to be. In WWE, like that was his dream. He yeah. wanted specifically to be in the WWE, and the man never even made it to the main roster. Danielson talks about how much he loved WWE. He loved them, the people, the the audience. Everything. Well, he's a special case, though. I will say, but more than anyone, Punk brought up a good point. If you love it there and you're still drawn to AEW, that's incredible. Yeah, like that is insanely telling for both AEW and wwe and so yeah I, as much as you know everybody can leave and they'll, they'll get replaced next man up it's starting to reach a point where the star power in wwe just isn't looking the way that it used to because they just aren't good at making new stars anymore this is true uh and the reason for that is this excerpt right here <laughs> the reason yeah. i'm leaving is you actually ignore that part uh i'm just a spoke on the wheel the wheel is going to keep turning and i understand that Vince McMahon is going to make money despite himself. He's a millionaire who should be a billionaire. You know why he's not a billionaire? Because he surrounds himself with glad-handed, nonsensical douchebag yes-men like John Laurinaitis, who's going to tell him everything he wants to hear. And I'd like to think that maybe this company will be better after Vince McMahon is dead. But the fact is, it's going to be taken over by his idiotic daughter and his doofus son-in-law and the rest of his stupid family. But now we know... It's probably not. It's going to get sold to fucking Disney or something. Yeah, it's it's actually kind of insane. Like, I know he said this in storyline and character, all this shit. And it makes a lot of sense in storyline and character and all this shit. But holy fuck, how right he was about the real WWE. He was on money. Yeah. Uh, he goes to tell a story about bull, about the Be A Star campaign that WWE does, which is hilarious because of how much they bully people. Immediately uh, gets cut off. Immediately gets cut off. Everyone knew the second this promo happened that, that things were different because it did blur the lines between work and shoot. And it drew, it drew fans back. It drew people to WWE because they were like, oh, this is like the cool hot thing right now. And it was completely off the cuff. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, Punk has, has said it before, like this was not something that was scripted for me. They handed him a mic and they were like, go, to go air your grievances. We'll cut you off eventually. No, that's literally what they said to him. They, they said, we're going to give you a mic, go air, air out your grievances. And, you know, it's one of the reasons that I think WWE struggles to make new stars is because everything is now overproduced and overscripted and things were overscripted in 2011 still. 
But the yeah. fact that they allowed freedom like that is telling that it, it gave them the biggest moment that they had in the last 10 years, in that yeah. 10 year span, probably. And yeah. I mean, think about it. Some of the best promo work that the company's done in the last few years has been stuff that has felt very real. I mean, Edge has been very vocal about like, not having as many scripted promos since he's come back. It's been a lot of stuff that he's been allowed to to create and say on his own. Uh, and Edge has been fucking excellent with his promos. You know, Daniel that's Bryan true. is someone who, you know, speaks from the heart a lot of the time, and that's why he's grown so much in his promo work. I mean, it's it's feels I, probably not for real, but it feels like a lot of what Roman Reigns does comes uh, from from him as well. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Paul Heyman is the best promo of all time, in my opinion. And that man, how do you script that? <laughs> you know, no, you just don't. You know, you, you just let him go out there. He knows what to do. He was a part of management. So, so yeah, he just figures it out. And it really is. There's a beauty in wrestling when it comes to just letting someone go out there and giving them the opportunity to succeed or fail. You know, it mm-hmm. doesn't always work out. AEW. Uh, has a track record of just letting people go out there and cut promos without really sure they'll like nudge them in a direction but they don't hand them a script or anything they'll just say hey try to hit these certain things and do whatever you want and yeah a lot of the time it sucks you know taz has fucking sucked in his promos a lot so is jericho so so a lot of the younger uh talents they have over there but like the only way to get better is to keep doing it yeah the only way to get better is to keep doing it and like you know darby allen's promos are pretty cool now like cm punk it's gonna get old eventually, but like his promos are done pretty well now. Kenny Omega has been pretty good. Like when you give the opportunity for someone to be creative uh, with a microphone in their hand, rather than just give them everything to you, you know the, right there with a script or whatever, it, it allows them to flourish. And you think about the great promos that I talked about earlier. This, you know, the hard times from all that stuff. That stuff's all just off the cuff stuff. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. they had to hit certain uh, things, like you know, d- yeah, key points, yeah, certain key points. But like, it, it really was just stuff that they were passionate about and just set off the mind because they're ridiculously good at what they do. Just let people go out there and do whatever they do. You know. Speaking of going out there and doing what they do, this all sets up for our last match, which is Money in the Bank 2011. John Cena defending the WWE Championship against CM Punk. In the city of Chicago. Now, I don't know if people know this or not, but Chicago loves themselves some hometown boy CM Punk. Yeah. And they also hate John Cena, at least right now. In 2011, like this entrance is incredible. I have gone and watched it without watching the match. Just watch CM Punk do the entrance. It's great. I've watched this entire thing so many times. Like the whole from before or just before the match, which is where... Uh, if you watch the the link that Evan's gonna post with the article uh, on Full Press Wrestling, go go look at it. Uh, yeah, go do it. it it's it, it it's forty nine minutes total, I believe. Yeah, the whole thing with everything, but it starts before the video package even plays, and before commentary is even talking about the main event. You know that you just hear the crowd going into a frenzy with CM Punk chants. <laughs> Um, and then they show like the signature for the match before the video package where where as soon as John Cena's face is shown on the Titantron, 
the the crowd immediately starts booing in the loudest way. I've literally there when I watched this back uh, after it aired, and I still cared about wrestling back in 2011. Uh, <laughs> it it blew my mind. It was genuinely like the craziest thing to me because it's one of those things that like you you just don't. You, there's never really been anything like that because mm-hmm. yeah, we've had people you know boo cena for years at that point you know cheering the baby face or uh cheering the heels booing the baby face all that jazz but there's never been such a polar reaction like this where the heel was not just treated like a baby face they're treated like fucking stone cold steve austin at his height and the, the baby only, face is treated like fucking nwo the only comparison that i have is another cena match and that is cena at one night stand he was in like this. These are the two biggest examples of Cena being in hostile territory, where WWE can play it off of it, like, oh, you know, you know, whether it was Rob Van Dam or Punk, have the hometown advantage. It doesn't matter. Everybody in that arena was willing to go to like war to kill Cena. Like, and it's it crazy because crazy. Like that's an example, yes. But even like RVD was a babyface, you know. Yeah. Like you could at least understand why people were cheering for RVD so hard. CM Punk is the biggest heel on that roster in 2011 right now. But in Chicago, he was the the prodigal son, baby. In Chicago, that motherfucker is the reincarnation of Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's he insane. is over like deep dish pizza. And this uh, video package, Evan, my God, it's legitimately one of the, in my opinion, five greatest video packages of all time, period. Like, number Punk, one will always be the main event of way. WrestleMania 17. The My Way promo is amazing. It's, it's, it's number one. It will always be number one. This is it's as close to that as you're going to get in my opinion it's excellent punk legitimately did not resign until the night of money in the bank yeah which is adds to this story so much which is Uh, a history thing for him my because like it's something that he tends to do a lot is signing extensions when they like the very last last fucking moment because what he signed with aw he signed the contract 30 minutes before he went out there (laughs) That's great. Uh, apparently, Cena also debuted in the same building in 2002. Neat. They have forgotten about that and do not care. They want to see him hung. Uh, yeah. Early on, there is a chant of, you can't wrestle. And of course, CM Punk being the hilarious man that he is, gestures to himself like, me? I can't wrestle? And the fans just go, no. And he points at Cena and they cheer. They're like, yeah, that fucking guy. Also, the entrance. So you mentioned the the glory that is CM Punk Punk's entrance. The opposite of that with Cena, yeah, where he is booed out of the building to the point where the way he he switches up his entrance completely. There's no salute. There's no looking at the the camera and coming, you know, and, and running down to the ring and and you know doing all his things. No, Cena or Cena comes out and he just makes a beeline. Straight, yeah. like just walks, doesn't look at the crowd, doesn't acknowledge anyone, he's just holding the, his the title. Entrance for like 2K. Yeah, just holding his title, walks down, goes up the steps, gets in the ring, takes off his shirt, hands his title over, gets he, ready in the corner. For, he's here for business. Yeah. Just all business. Going through the match beat by beat is going to be a lot because it's a long this, ass match. This is like a half hour. Yeah. Uh, any particular match, and we've kind of talked about the essence of the match already, but any particular moments that stick out to you? I mean, I love how... So this is heel Michael Cole. Oh my God, it drives me crazy. But even Michael Cole, a heel, yeah. is like 
against uh, CM Punk. So it's he's cra- calling it like a normal commentator. It's crazy. Also, it actually that kind of was a blessing. The fact that C- that he was cheering against CM Punk because it made him a little more bearable, which was appreciated. The fact that this happens while the fucking anonymous Raw General Manager storyline is happening is the biggest just like two different direct, two passing trains of like, here's the greatest match of WWE in the in like the 2010s. And here's this absolute dog shit storyline that's also happening at the same time. Exactly. Pretty much. How um, are they so good at doing two things, one so well and one so poorly? It's like how when NXT was in its prime and Raw sucked like donkey dicks. And I was like, how how do you do this? Not even that. Just think about when the brand split first came around and, and SmackDown, Smackdown was, was really good and Raw was shit. Oh my God. How do they keep doing this? Anyways, um, it's a slow technical build uh, to the match at the beginning. As we covered in the last episode, CM Punk is very used to wrestling long matches and very good at building matches early on yeah. by not giving too much away, you know, rest spots, but keeping crowds engaged. Um, at one point here, uh, Punk gets a shoulder tackle on Cena and does the "You can't see me" taunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he. There's a couple of basic wrestling spots like a you know jump over into Irish whips, all that jazz. Um, Punk gets a side headlock on, and my note here was Evan. I know you're familiar with this. What do you mean? Because last week we had to watch like five CM Punk matches where there were like five minutes worth of side headlocks. Oh, you mean where I longed for the 10 second skip ahead button? Yeah. <laughs> Just click, 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 click. When are we out of this hole? Uh, Punk and Cena both tease finishers pretty early here. But Punk starts kicking the motherfucker. And when that motherfucker starts kicking, he starts kicking. I love how there was like commentary was just like yeah cm punk all this mma you know influence and all that stuff motherfuckers owing to it mma got knocked out but that didn't happen yet so it was still a hypothetical at this point wasn't great uh Uh, there's let's skip ahead a little bit five moves of doom cena's in control goes for the five moves of doom uh punk escapes the backdrop hits roll up instead punk then misses on a knee lift so I like that they kind of have each other scouted like that. Yeah. Uh, Cena gets Punk down for the five knuckle shuffle, does the taunt, and Punk just kicks him in the fucking head. Uh, also, I think prior to that, there were Colt Cabana chants that were really loud yeah. too, which is pretty cool. <laughs> Love that Colt Cabana. Cabana. Watching that at home, you're like, it's cool as hell. Love that he gets a rub off of this. <laughs> what um, was his name in WWE again? Oh, what? It was like Chad's. What is it? Like Scotty? Wasn't Scotty something? Or Scott's his real name. No, he was like... He was Scotty Goldman. That's Scotty was. Goldman. Scotty that's Goldman. Was. I was like, I, I didn't want to say it, but I knew, it was, I knew it was a Jewish last name because he's always he's always made fun of that. Scotty <laughs> Goldman. Oh, uh, what a great thing. Um, Cena's suplexes are weird. Cena, John Cena's never been able to hit a normal-looking suplex in his life. Because he's a not normal proportioned human being. It's like how John Cena's suit is the weirdest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to be his suit, Taylor. It's like, yeah, I need it as wide as possible at the shoulders, but also <laughs> really tiny at the waist. Yeah. He's a weird man. Um, uh, yeah, we get the, the spot you were talking about where Punk kicks him flush in the face. Uh, Punk does... Mi- so, sorry. So CM- Cena sets up for the 5 knuckle shuffle, gets booed out of the building. Punk kicks him in the face. Then he kicks him again, kicks him out of the ring, hits a suicide dive. Yeah, great. Uh, Punk misses a springboard clothesline. 
Cena capitalizes, hits the five knuckle shuffle, gets thrown out of the building by the decibels of the booze. The booze. Uh, comes back into the building, uh, tries to go for an FU. Punk flips out of it, which you could see the setup from a mile away because you could see the way that Punk positioned his hands on the shoulders yeah. to be able to flip out. But also, he like he lands on his feet, kind of. Uh <laughs> He he lands and then slips onto his ass and then quickly recovers. Yeah, sweeps the legs though. Yeah, sweeps the legs. So so he keeps quick on his feet uh, for a near fall. Punk tries to go for a GTS. Cena slips out of it, then hits a gut wrench suplex for a near fall. The man can hit a regular suplex, but he hits a picture perfect gut wrench suplex. Then we get a bulldog by Punk after some knees, springboard elbow for two. Uh, Punk then, with some yes kicks. Yeah, and then Cena locks in the STFU. Yeah, I would never call that an STF. And no, never. It's always the STFU. This looked fucking terrible. Yep, it's it's not good. Like, there are moments where Cena does the STFU, at, and it looks fine enough. No, like, it doesn't okay. look great, but it looks fine and like, passable. passable. Yeah. This the, was not one of them. The ones that he put on in this match were awful. <laughs> Punk gets to the ropes, uh, then eventually goes for a crossbody. Cena catches him and rolls through. The FU gets avoided. Then he go- uh, Punk goes for a GTS. It gets counted into another STFU. Another not good one. We get the Anaconda Vice. Yeah, which Punk is so good. with that. Puts yeah. the Anaconda Vice on. And then commentaries like Cena's going to choke himself out when you can clearly see that the arm is just up against the side of Cena's head and there's no feasible way of him being able to choke himself. He's taking a nap. It's like, that's not how you put on an anaconda device to choke someone out, guys. Um, anyways, Cena hits an FU out of nowhere. Literally out of nowhere. Yeah. For a near fall. Commentary goes crazy. They're like, what the fuck? Then, then we get the Cena top rope leg drop, which is his fucking like special. It's his special China. Like he only brings it out for the big occasions. <laughs> he's just like, oh, we'll leave it in the cabinet till I need it. Dude, and then he he's just like top rope fucking leg drop for it too. Do, do you and Amy have special China? No, it's on the wedding registry. Oh. Yeah. We have joked about what's on the registry. And right now it's just all board games we can't afford. Is that how that works? Do you like get like we have everything we need for like a kitchen no not only that but like registries used to be like if uh, uh, like it's the first time they're gonna live together so they probably need like towels and fucking uh kitchen appliances and stuff for their house we've been living together for three years now we don't need anything what we need are more fun board games (laughs) we need our own copy of Catan. you just throw in ps5 yeah if (laughs) someone wants to love me you can get me a ps5 um, why, am I, why am I Russian now? Who cares? No, but is that is that what China is? Is it basically just like the shit from your wedding? It's it's just like fancy plates. I know, it, but is it also plates from your wedding? No, most because most people the plates that's at your wedding are, are going to be provided by the venue. Yeah, you're not going to bring your own plates from home. <laughs> Walk into my own wedding. Know. I have cutlery. <laughs> yeah, look at this cool plate with flowery decor on it. I found uh, it at a value village. <laughs> Punk signals for the GTS, which again is fucking excellent. Love that. See, uh, uh, Punk can't get it. Cena does like a. I said it was like a rope, like a choke rope thing. What what is it when they smash, pull their head down into the rope? I like it, it's a stun gun, but it's not. It's yeah, that does yeah. that. Cena hits the flying leg drop for a near fall. 
the gets him up. China, the special China flying leg drop. <laughs> gets he's now done it twice. The China has come out twice today. It's back to back special occasions. <laughs> it was uh, it was the rehearsal wedding dinner, yeah, and then also the dinner. Yeah, uh, Cena hits the nephew again for a near fall. The crowd goes stupid. Yeah, Cena is frustrated. Yes. Uh, Cena go- brings Punk up to the top rope, sets up for an avalanche FU, which I guess he hadn't hit before because commentary was so stunned by this. They were like, what the fuck? Uh, Punk decides, hey, my elbow is close to Cena's face. Let me just throw a couple bows. Uh, repeatedly. And then a couple more. by Punk. We get a GTS, but Cena Evan, rolls. I'm going to stop you right here. Is it a Hurricane Runner or a Frankensteiner? I'm so proud of you. Because I got it right, right? I'm so proud of you. Yeah, I fucking knew it. Top rope, Frankenstein. I'm so proud of you, Evan. Uh, GTS, Cena rolls to the outside. And then that then comes out uh, the millionaire who should be a billionaire and his glad-handing douchebag. Uh, yes, man. It's Vincent John Laurinaitis. Johnny Ace, baby. Uh, we get a stare down. Yep. John S- Cena locks in the STFU. And Vince is trying to screw job this thing. He's like, ring the bell. Yeah, ring Johnny it. Ace runs down to try to go to uh, the ring announcer area. <laughs> Cena fucking decks him. Cena decks the shit out of him. Stares down Vince and says, you know, he's like, I'm going to do it. Or fuck off. I don't know what that he says to Vince. He just started singing My Way by Frank Sinatra. <laughs> yeah, I, This is still better than what The Rock did when Vince tried to... Uh, get him to get say say that it's bullshit yeah and that that the match should be decided differently because the the shield got involved or whatever and rock was like no 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 no. you don't get to beat him i do or whatever the fuck so the match gets to seems like no we're doing it my way he gets back in the ring punk is up gts one two three punk wins vince is beside himself. The Chicago crowd goes stupid. losing their mind. Vince hops on the commentary microphone to call to the back. To, he's like, get Alberto out here. Get Del Rio the music. So Del Rio comes running out because he won the Money in the Bank briefcase earlier that night. And he's going to try to cash in on Punk. Del Rio slides into the ring. Punk catches him with a kick to the head. Yeah, Punk Roundhouse like, kicks the fuck out of that dude. I'm not going to stick around to see how this plays out. Let me just go through the crowd real, real quick. But he stops at the barricade, yeah. sits on it, turns, oi, Vinny, Mwah. and leaves as WWE champion. You can say what you want about the way that WWE booked the rest of their summer of punk. It, was it terrible. started beautifully. Yeah. And an underrated part of this is the way that this finish protected John Cena. John Cena doesn't need protecting. But in terms yeah. of the character arc for John Cena, because the thing is, Punk was getting over as hell, and he, Cena was going to be positioned to be the you know right arm of the heel here, which was Vince McMahon and the corporation, the authority, whatever the fuck you want to call them. The fact that he comes out and says, no, we're doing it my way, that he decks Johnny Ace, it gives him a little bit more legitimacy in the eyes of the fans because, like, no, Cena, like, he's still true to his guns. He's, he's, he can see that Vince is doing things shady. Like, he doesn't want that shit. And it also allows Punk to have won off a little bit of a distraction. But what it also did, if you look at how it played out, I think the rumor was always that Cena was going to go heel. Yeah. Uh, 
after this and he he eventually uh changed his mind on it because he didn't want to go through with it it would have made a lot of sense had he done it because you think about what happens here you know he he basically was the heel in this match he's basically a heel uh in a couple weeks when he pins Rey Mysterio to win that other WWE championship after Rey had won it the, earlier in the night like a heel you're a fucking heel for doing that heel ass move uh and then Punk comes back and you can't bring CM Punk back after all this and he's the heel you just no, can't you can't do so it. when they do the whole thing at SummerSlam like it could have been a heel John Cena he could have gone into the rock match as a heel he could have done all that other stuff as a heel. There were many different outlets. There were two different outlets here for Cena where he could have been, could have kept going as the baby face that he was, which is, you know, what they ended up doing. Or he could have gone full heel and it would have been fucking amazing, probably. Uh, it, it just, it opened up so many different avenues for WWE and they didn't take advantage of it, really. But it was really, really cool in the moment. It was. And that brings us to the end of this episode. Again, we still has, we still has, we still have uh, one more episode of CM Punk. We're going to cover his departure from WWE, and we've already mentioned it. We're going to look in detail at his match with Darby Allen at All Out, his first match in seven years. Uh, I'd say, how do you feel about doing this episode? But it's great. It ended with fucking Money in the Bank 2011. Yeah, it ended with a match that I go back and look at in my own time just randomly. Like last time I saw this was probably like a couple months ago. It is funny that we ended the last episode with him getting a world title in ECW. And then we leave this episode with him being the biggest wrestler in the world. Bar none. Yeah. And the WWE champion. And the WWE champion. Crazy growth from our boy, Philip. Yeah. It's, it's, it also, we, we get to kind of see, you know, his rise in WWE and we've now crescendoed on the point where it really starts to, be the fall it's going down I'm yelling timber as well as his jesus christ as well as his relationship with the company goes because it doesn't go up from here people no the next episode is full of things not going well but we'll get to that when we get to it javier where can people find you on social media i'm on the twitter machine at jmelo sports follow me plus follow me on twitter at seven gomes its e-v-a-n-g-o-m-e-s Follow the podcast on Twitter at Crossbody of Work. If you have ideas of who we should cover after CM Punk or people you want to see us cover in the future, crossbodyworkpod at gmail.com or send us a DM. Next week, the end of CM Punk. Well, not the end of him. That would be really mean. Uh, the end of our three-part series on CM Punk. Can't wait. This has been fun. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. This is this has definitely been some of my... Honestly, it might be my favorite three-parter to watch mm-hmm. the matches for. I'm, I'm really enjoying these matches. I think it might be the easiest in terms of just enjoying actual match content because the worst match so far, at least like the worst match this week to me was the Orton match, and it was still good. Yeah, and, yeah. and even if it wasn't good, it wasn't very long. That's true. It doesn't overstay its welcome. Uh, but that's it for this week. We appreciate you tuning in. Javier, any final words for the people? Uh, yes, this week on Life Advice with Javier. Um, I don't know. I don't really have much to say. Vibe it, out. It was last last week was was kind of a downer. I mean, this week fucking wrestling was awesome. You know, yeah. uh, I was I was really entertained by all out. Uh, you know, Monday Night Raw I didn't watch, but I followed it on Twitter. It, you know, stuff happens. Seems fine. Yeah, Matt Riddle was on it. That's pretty cool. Um, and you know, Dynamite was cool. All this stuff, wrestling. You know, I'm excited 
it, it's it's one of those things where I'm back and I'm excited about wrestling again, yeah. and, I, and that feels cool. I guess the way I could spin this to help people is, you know, find the thing that excites you and, and gets you animated, because you know, life can sometimes be a malaise. It could be even if all your your stuff is in order, you know, good job, all if you get family, all that stuff, like. If it starts to stagnate and there's no real excitement, who who the fuck cares? What, what's it all for? Find the thing that excites you. You know, in the moment, do whatever. Go fucking... I'm not saying go snort coke out of a stripper's asshole or something, but like, fucking go, go to a park or something. I went to a park last week and it was actually really fun. Have you ever like gone to a park at night and just like vibed out in like the jungle gym? I mean, I have, but I love your quick turn from don't do coke out of a stripper's ass to parks are good. Yeah, go fucking do it. Go go on a swing set or some shit. It's fun as fuck. Also, like, parks nowadays are so cool. What the hell is this? Life Advice with Javier is my favorite way to end these episodes, but we're going to end the episode before he advocates for something worse than just the park. <laughs> Before he goes back to revisiting Kogan and Stripper's asshole, we're gonna end it there. Don't do that. Don't do I, that. I, I I know we're not. Don't do that. That's not good. Uh, we're gonna t- we're gonna end this episode. We're gonna take a commercial break. Now we're fucking out of here, man. We're done. We're back for CM Punk Part Three next week. We'll catch you then. Bye. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.